the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast, we're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today, we are bringing you Clerks. Clerks on Clerks on Clerks. <laughs> now, specifically, we are doing this for a reason. This day, today, August 2nd, is Kevin Smith's birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. Smith. Happy birthday. Woo! Um... Happy and birthday, <laughs> happy... What is it, the Stevie Wonder version? Oh, I've, yeah, probably. I always go to like the, the Simpsons, Michael Jackson. Happy birthday, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, it's your birthday. You know, the one that the <laughs> right. fake MJ sang for Lisa. Anyway, thank you, Kevin, for making some real awesome movies of our nostalgia. We really appreciate it. And in celebration of your birthday this week, the Beef Up Network is doing a cross-podcast event all talking about Kevin Smith's early works. So, obviously, today we are dropping Clerks, talking on the Blast from Our Past podcast, where we're going to talk a full breakdown of the movie Clerks. We're going to talk about the short-lived, very, very short-lived uh, Clerks animated show. And then we're going to do our own recasting of Clerks. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, on Monday, August 3rd, Podcasting After Dark is going to be dropping their episode on Mallrats. Fantastic film nice. there. I that was a movie that I know I loved uh, growing up. In fact, I remember in high school, me and my buddy Ross in uh, in our AP Lit class, as opposed to actually paying attention in AP Lit, <laughs> we would try to quote Mallrats from top to bottom. <laughs> like, it's pretty crazy. And then why this film on Tuesday, August 4th is going to be dropping their episode talking about Dogma, which is another fantastic film. And maybe, you know what, probably my favorite Kevin Smith movie a period. I, I tend to agree. That is probably one of my, probably my favorite. Yep. Uh, and then on, uh, was it Wednesday the 5th, ongoing comic book discussion is going to be talking about Chasing Amy, which is perfect because uh, Holden is a comic book writer. And so they're talking all about Chasing Amy in that one, in that movie, which is fantastic. Um, so you're going to get the Jersey trilogy of Clerks, Mall Rats, and Chasing Amy. And then we're throwing in Dogma as well. Really cool. Really excited about it. Hey, actually, it's pretty awesome that, um, our Brit on why this film is going to be talking dogma because she gets uh, Alan Rickman on that one, one of the yeah. all-time great British My actors. So. favorite actors of all time. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit. I'll bring up Alan Rickman a little bit later, actually. Okay. But this episode is all on Clerks. Really excited about it. This is the one that really blew up Kevin's career. Uh, and this movie came out in 1994. John, could you kind of set our minds back into 1994. So the movie was released on November 9th of 1994. No surprise, uh, the top what uh, top 100 single of that week uh, was in the middle of a 14-week run at that point, and that was I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. Like you want me to, John. That is a great song. I know. I'm, I'm sure we've probably talked about it before, but it was so big that that year that it, it probably popped up all the all the time. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. 
Uh, similarly, actually, to one we talked about not, not that long ago, uh, topping the Nielsen ratings, just beating out Seinfeld was ER. Yeah, man, that really, we've talked about it a couple times in a row now. Yeah. This, this movie, or that show, I kind of forget just how huge of an impact it had. Yeah. I mean, it was. it's kind of like uh, how in the 80s, it was the, the the Cosby show was just topping the Nielsen mm-hmm. ratings every week. ER was just kind of, t- every, t- every time they had a new episode, it was just topping everything. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times bestseller that week was a book called The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield. Oh, really? Man. <laughs> Adam, you've never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Adam likes to make fun of me for re- for putting out these, but I know we got yeah. some readers out there. Yeah, probably. I'm just, <laughs> just not a big... Not a big. Not to well, say I don't like just, reading. Just I read because it every now you're now. not a big reader doesn't mean that some of our listeners aren't big readers. All right. Uh, you will like this one. Uh, in that same month, this time in 1994, a company called Blizzard Entertainment released a game called Warcraft. Yes. Now that I can talk which about. Which was the start of a, a great franchise. Warcraft, Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3, and into World of Warcraft, which honestly, I enjoyed playing World of Warcraft. I know it's kind of a um, taboo, not necessarily taboo, but it's kind of like a, a meme of itself almost. Well, now, yeah. I mean, but at the time, when it came out, it blew up. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's still fun. I still know plenty of people who still play it. Like Leroy Jenkins. Uh, All right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or- do this. Leroy Jenkins. Oh my god, he just ran in. I mean, if there's anything we at least uh, can thank World of Warcraft for, it's that. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yes. Uh, and 1994 saw the uh, existence of the largest attended concert in history. 3.5 million attendees. This was at the Copacabana in Rio de Janeiro. Adam, do you want to guess who the artist was? Oh, so it's a single. This wasn't a um, like a like a bit like like a live aid kind of thing. No, no, no. This is one person at the Copa 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 Cabana in Rio de Janeiro in '94. God, who was huge in '94? I don't know. 3.5 million attendees. No, it was actually Rod Stewart. Ah, oh, okay. See, that's much more respectable. I'm not a Buffett <laughs> head. I'm not a I'm not a parrot head. I don't I don't actually like any of his music. But Rod Stewart, on the other hand, that guy's awesome. Yes. There's another guy who is a French composer who or a French artist who may have close to the same amount. They don't have the exact numbers, so they're kind of tied for first. But I don't count that. It's Rod Stewart. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> and that didn't happen until later in the 90s. So Okay. Uh, all right. That was 1994. All right. That is uh, some fantastic stuff happened in 1994. Uh, and now we're just going to, we're going to be apathetic <laughs> on our way into Clerks. How about that? <laughs> Clerks 1994, this was written, directed, produced, and edited by Kevin Smith. Clerks was shot for $27,575 in convenience and video stores where director Kevin Smith worked in real life. Mm -hmm. Upon its theatrical release, the film received pretty positive reviews, and it grossed over $3 million in theaters, which is a huge return on investment uh, and really, really launched Kevin Smith's career. The film is considered a landmark in independent filmmaking. It really is kind of considered one of the one of the best and, and highest grossing uh, like independent films. And in 2019, it was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry uh, by the Library of Congress, who deemed it 
slash culturally slash historical or aesthetically significant, which I absolutely agree with. You know, it, it really kind of helped launch independent film and, and, and a mm-hmm. whole new wave of filmmakers because they're like, man, if Kevin Smith can do it, I can do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, not in a bad way, but be like, hey, this thing was a good story and it just made a whole bunch of people do it. It was shot in black and white. Now, because that was cheaper now, it wasn't actually cheaper for the film, I don't believe. But from what I read, they used a lot of different mixed color uh, lighting. And so they probably used daylight and as well as fluorescence, as well mm-hmm. as a whole bunch of different all over the Kelvin scale of, of different color. And it would have taken a lot of money in color grading to make it look good. So instead, they just did it black and white. So you don't have to worry about that. Nice. Uh, this The cast on this film, pretty much everybody is just known for being in the View Askew universe. And so I'm not really going to mention anything extra that they've done. Mm-hmm. But Dante Hicks was played by Brian O'Halloran, Randall Graves by Jeff Anderson, Veronica by Marilyn Gigliotti, uh, Caitlin Bree by Lisa Spoonauer, who unfortunately Lisa Spoonauer passed away in 2017. I kind of remember that. Yeah, she she and Jeff Anderson actually fell in love uh, as they met on the set of Clerks and they got married. Uh, and then the unfortunately later divorced back mm-hmm. in 1999. And uh, Jason Mewes plays Jay and Silent Bob is played by Kevin Smith. I'm going to get going and I'm going to get one other thing I wanted to mention. I probably took more notes on this film. <laughs> than I, I, have, I have like longer notes on this film than anything else. And I think the reason for that is this movie and a lot of Kevin Smith movies are pretty much just dialogue. Like yeah. they, I mean, there's plot obviously that goes through them, but it's not like, you know, we're not talking like an action movie where there's a whole big sets of action where I just kind of move quickly through that or montages where, you know, you're just kind of moving through that stuff. This whole thing is dialogue and just kind of like the, the main plot of the movie. And so it's like, it's, it's hard to not just kind of mention, oh, and it's good dialogue too, where I'm like, oh, wow, here's this line. Here's that line kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So anyway, I got a, I got a good bit of notes on this one. Just, just throwing that out there. We start with uh, Dante rolling out of his closet, receiving a phone call, and he has to go into work. And, you know, it's just like, gosh, darn, gosh, darn. I want to say gosh, darn. I can say goddamn. Like this. If there's anything to curse, it's with this movie. That's for sure. (laughs) You know, because he's not he's not even supposed to be here today. He hasn't said that yet, but he will. That's going to be his uh, his line that we'll hear about. Then as Dante is getting ready uh, to go in, we get a great song by Love Among Freaks called Clerks. I have to say the uh, the soundtrack on this movie is pretty good. I think honestly, it's a major reason why this movie, you know, also got as much acclaim as it did. Because I know Ke- I'm pretty sure Kevin Smith, you know, he he handpicked a lot of these songs and he made sure that he saved money to put it put in a really good soundtrack. And I I absolutely I adore it. I loved it so much that back in the days of Napster. Uh, I went and I ripped my own <laughs> Kevin Smith mix where I got all of these songs. <laughs> now, granted, I should have paid for the soundtrack and that would have been much better. But instead, you know, this was Napster days. So I, right. I made like a Kevin Smith mix and I pulled like all of the, the soundtrack for Clerks and put it on there. <laughs> so Dante gets to the quick stop and, you know, he's getting it prepped. Uh, there's some crappy things going on. Like, you know, he can't open the shutters because some 
someone put gum in the locks. Uh, he puts up this homemade sign with the shoe polish that he had to make real quick that says, I assure you, we're open. In a very art house fashion, this movie uses white text on black title cards as we're kind of moving along through it, giving different, like, one word explanation of what this next part is going to be about. I, of I kind film. of equated it to, like, chapter names or something. Yeah, yeah, chapter names. That's perfect. That's a perfect way to call it. Uh, and the very first one we get is vilification, which is uh, abusively disparaging speech or writing. Uh, and we see this guy comes in to buy cigarettes and this other dude uh, does, ends up doing this whole presentation about the dangers of smoking, kind of ridiculous seeing what's going through. Um, and then this other dude comes up and it's our first glimpse of Walt Flanagan. <laughs> we're going to we're going to see him a lot throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's quite a few people that we see multiple times. But Walt is one that I specifically kind of always key out on because he becomes a big person in the view askew. Uh, kind of universe as well, mm-hmm. where he now is probably best known as the manager of Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in Red Bank, New Jersey, because he they, he was on that show, Comic Book Men. Yeah. Uh, we cut to outside, and we get another awesome song, Kill the Sex Player by Girls Against Boys. That is probably my favorite song on the on this entire soundtrack. Well, okay. other you know what? I take that back. It's my second favorite besides the Bad Religion song that we're going to get later. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to name that one. Yeah. We meet the uh, ridiculous characters who just kind of end up getting more and more ridiculous in later movies. But we meet Jay and Silent Bob. They're two stoners who stand outside the quick stop selling weed. And I just love some lines here from from Jay, you know, where he's just kind of setting. We're learning a little bit about him where he's just talking about sucking and fucking and and uh, uh, and how much, you know, he'll he'll fuck anything that moves. I feel good today, Sal Bob. We're going to make some money. And you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go to that party, we're gonna get some pussy. I'm gonna fuck this bitch, I'm gonna fuck this bitch. I'll fuck anything that moves. He's a very horny guy. <laughs> He's pretty much ridiculous. A lot of homoerotic jokes uh, yeah. between with Jay, but also homophobic. It's, it's, it's homoerotic, homophobic, uh, sexist. It's all over the spectrum, yeah. really. <laughs> With him. But so Jay's, Jay's kind of a complete asshole, really. He's a dick. And very, very famously, Kevin Smith has talked about this many, many times. Basically, he just kind of wrote Jason Mewes as himself, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just him, how he was acting at the time. Yeah. They, he would just observe him and he'd be like, that's something funny and just put that in the script. <laughs> yeah. We then also get our first view of this uh, other guy who comes up to buy some weed from him uh, just very quickly. And that, that guy is Scott Mosier who is the co-producer and the co-editor on the show mm-hmm. as well. He's done quite a bit of stuff on it. Who's turned into a kind of a prolific director himself, I believe. Oh, really? I, think I haven't checked on he's that. Done some, he's done some of his own uh, stuff. Not a surprise, because there's actually quite a bit of uh, talented people yeah. that uh, are in this in this movie and in this show. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of producing credits as well, especially in documentaries. Oh, yeah, I do see that. He's done quite a bit of documentaries recently. Very cool. So back in the store, that anti-cigarette guy is preaching the dangers to a whole bunch of customers right now. He's pretty much causing a disturbance. Uh, And then in comes Veronica, who sprays him with an extinguisher and all of them to kind of disperse the crowd. Who's leading this mob? It turns out that he is a representative 
for the Chulis gum. And so he was getting all this anti-smoking uh, as kind of a way to sell more Chulis gum, which is, I think, pretty clever, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. I did. I was. I was a bit suspicious. I believe the very first time I saw this, I was very a bit suspicious when at the beginning he pulls out a diseased lung and just yeah, sits it on the counter. Dante just, you know, so Veronica is Dante's current girlfriend, and Dante's just complaining how he hates working there. And we get hit the first of many times. He says, I'm "Not even supposed to be here today." That just becomes his mantra. Mm-hmm. We get some good dialogue between the two of them about male versus female sexual roles and things like. There's a lot of, you know, I don't know. It's a lot of young adult talk. I think some one of the reasons that this movie got as much praise is because now, granted, it was. I don't know, more intelligent speak, but like what the topics of what these people were talking about mm-hmm. is pretty spot on for like, you know, like those early twenties kind of people, you know, yeah. just talking about random stuff. Now granted they were, they were all speaking a little bit more, I would say a little bit more intelligent, a little bit more eloquently, mm-hmm. even though it is about sometimes some gross stuff. Uh, you know, they're <laughs> talking about, but, but the topic itself is like, yeah, that's the stuff that we absolutely talked about. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the nineties then. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so they're talking about the sexual roles, which kind of leads Dante and Veronica to talk about the different partners that they've had. Dante has been with 12 women, I think it was. I can't remember, 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And uh, Veronica says so she's only been with three total. You know, we also get that Ver- Veronica wants Dante to go back to college. You know, he's kind of just been working at this dead-end job. Um, and so she she wants to kind of push him to be better. And he, for some reason, is kind of against it. I don't, you know, I don't really know why. <laughs> we then meet... Scott Mosier, that character, he comes in and his nickname is Snowball. And Dante's like, well, why is he called Snowball? And so Veronica tells him, <laughs> which, all right, I, I might, I'm going to look up. Well, I don't need to look it up because they tell it. It's like, yeah, I could look it up on Urban Dictionary because it's a very Urban Dictionary thing to look up. <laughs> but snowballing is the act of after someone goes down on you, they then make out with you and kind of swap the come back and forth yes. in your mouth. And this guy, this guy apparently likes that. And so um, that's his, that's why he gets the nickname snowball. Um, I was going to ask you if, ever, if you enjoyed snowballing, John, but I'm not, I'm not going to yeah, go there. We're not going, we're not going that way. <laughs> we're brothers, but we're not that close. Uh, <laughs> all right. Da- so anyway, Dante is curious how she knows about it. Uh, or like, you know, he assumes that her friend knows about it, but it's actually Veronica who went down on him and did then did the snowballing. And so that freaks out Dante so much because he's such an insecure guy. And so this leads him to be like, well, how many people have you gone down on? Now he's constantly just like, how many dicks have you sucked? How many, he's very, he's very abrasive yeah. to her on this. And, you know, she has to think, we just get some really good lines here. You know, he's like, how many people have you sucked? She says something like 36. Something like 36? Oh, you boys. Wait, what is that anyway? Something like 36? Does that include me? Um, 37. I'm 37? I'm 37? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, that is, it's pretty damn funny. Um, but like, honestly, he's an asshole for yeah. really kind of slut shaming her as he's doing right here. But it is still, it's still funny. You know, if you were in a relationship with that and we weren't expecting that, that would, that would definitely come as a surprise. I love the line that just like a, a random customer comes up and he's just like 37 my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row in a row <laughs> i know it's so good <laughs> like that's the kind of dialogue like i would have thought to myself if i was that customer <laughs> i would have said the exact same thing 
But yeah, it's just it's just immature that Dante is freaking out this much. As she leaves, he even, you know, opens up the door. It's like, hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. I love that the one kind of guy who's standing out there starts to walk towards her. And he's like, no, you, you get back here. Then we meet the other main character, Randall. He comes in. Uh, he's, you know, at first we actually see this angry customer who's pissed off at Randall's late that he didn't come in on time. Uh, Randall comes, you know, walking up into the store. He kind of has this brief encounter with a lady who's waiting there to go rent the movie Dental School, um, which he kind of makes a bet with her that she won't get to it. And we then kind of reveal who Randall is. We also get another wonderful song at this point, and that is Get Me Wrong by Allison Chains. So, I mean, there's some kick-ass bands. I mean, yeah. Girls Against Boys, Bad Religion, uh, Alice in Chains, Love Amongst Freaks is really damn good, too. So, we learn a bit about Dante, you know, in this in this little section where he's talking with uh, Randall. Actually, one thing I want to mention is, so they bring up that whole Randall kind of making that bet with that lady. But do you think Randall actually didn't let her rent dental school? Or do you think she actually did it? Oh, that's a good question. Because he, he's definitely the type of jerk who would not let her do it for the 20 but we don't we don't see the payoff of that so it's hard to say because he yeah. he very cordially like lets her in once he mm-hmm. opens it so i, I don't but know every i think it's, everything else from the character that we see makes makes me believe that he would be a complete asshole yes. and not let her do it yeah i agree i if i you know if i had to if i had to take a stand i would say that no he would not he would yeah. want the 20 bucks yeah yeah <laughs> i would imagine so too um, or just the, she would probably not pay him and just the glory of pissing her off. Right. Like that, that's really what he wants. Right. So anyway, as I mentioned, we learn a bit about Dante. He's been dating Veronica for seven months, but he's still in love with his ex-girlfriend uh, who he dated for five years. Her name is Caitlin Bree. But Randall sees that Caitlin in the paper is engaged to an Asian design major. So I always had this thought. <laughs> was he an Asian guy who happens to be a design major or was he... You know, a uh, whatever guy, and he only studied Asian design. I I took it as the latter. Okay, so he he was a uh, you know he could be he could be anything, but he's studying Asian design. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I, I at first I thought he was an Asian guy, and they had to call out he was an Asian guy, and he was a design major. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. No, because I, I don't think there would have been I mean would have been any need. No, there was definitely not any need. So for it. yeah, That's I think it was specifically curious. on Asian design. Okay. We then uh, get a quick scene that I have to call out. In the video store, someone comes looking for Happy Scrappy Hero Pop. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. It's a great scene. And Randall's on the phone with the distribution house. And so he's ch- he has to order a lot for the for the store. And he just goes through this massive list of porn titles. Uh, yeah, hi. This is RST Video Calling. Customer number 4352. I'd like to place an order. Okay, I need one each of the following tapes. Whispers in the wind, to each his own, put it where it doesn't belong, my pipes need cleaning, all tit fucking volume eight, I need your cock, ass worshiping rim jobbers, by cutting eight shafts, come clean, come gargling naked sluts, come buns three, coming in socks, come on Eileen, huge black cocks with pearly white cum, girls who crave cock, girls who crave cunt, men alone too, the KY connection, pink pussy lips, oh yeah and uh, all holes filled with hard cock. 
Yep. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, what was that called again? Happy Scrappy. So here's the question. Did he actually have that list of titles that he was looking for, or do you think he just added that in once he knew that that woman was looking uh, for Happy Scrappy? Yeah, this is that's really tough, because he was totally the kind of person who would just fuck with him, yeah. and you totally could think that. I don't know, because I didn't see... He had the phone in his hand already when she came up to him, so I'm going to assume he was actually getting those titles, but <laughs> there's, some, there's some weird titles in there. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that is, again, that is something that I could totally see Randall just doing on his own, unprecedented without actually having to order anything, and he just was going to screw with her. Yep. We then meet Silent Bob's Russian cousin. <laughs> really no reason for Russia, this Russian cousin guy. He gives us a wonderful rendition of his song, Berserker. <laughs> My love for you is like a truck berserker. Would you like some making fuck berserker? I think it's fantastic. Uh, Randall and Dante have a discussion on what Star Wars they like better. And Dante goes with Empire because it ends as a better ending and kind of a downer. And that's what life is. Uh, and Randall, you know, he likes Jedi. I do like that the song behind them is Chewbacca yeah. by Supernova. It's in the back, it's just Chewbacca. That's just fun. What a Wookiee. Randall has a good reasoning as to why, you know, one thing bothered him in Return of the Jedi, and I think it's pretty damn valid, is that at the at the end of the first one, it was all just the Imperial people mostly. You know, the the, uh, the Empire came on and it was done. But in the second, in, or in Return of the Jedi, they were still working on it. There was a whole bunch of independent contractors and people. <laughs> like, those were innocent people that were dying on there, John. <laughs> I think that's super valid. But then a roofer comes up and talks to them and gives his two cents. And he says it's, you know, it's really their own choice. It's their jobs. As a contractor, you get to pick your jobs. And so... What do you? What are your? What is your take, John? Do you do you think the uh, the rebels are evil people for killing all of those, you know, independent contractors who were just trying to to make a buck? I don't believe there were independent contractors on there. I believe it was all empire people. So you're telling me that the empire would pay all that money to have salary uh, construction people? That doesn't make any fiscal sense. Are you? Are you really arguing with me over this because you believe yes. it, or you just want to argue the, with me <laughs> for it? That is a moot point, John. That doesn't matter. <laughs> That's exactly the point. That that determines whether or not I continue with this argument. No. The Empire would not have salary construction people. That's just silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have grunts. Yeah, well, no. And as and as a lot of grunts will tell you, they do a lot of that work. No, the Ever Stormtrooper doesn't know how to, you know, re-roof shingles or anything like that, John. Randall said it, so I believe it. All right, fine. I disagree, but I'm not going to continue. <laughs> okay. We then get another title card. Uh, well, it's actually, you know what? Droids could have totally made everything. I mean, shit, we saw, you know, between nowadays seeing what the, the droid army could do back in the Clone Wars, you could totally just have droids building the Empire, build, building the Death Star and not use any human contractors or alien contractors. Is that what we're going to go with? Sure. Oh, you're done. You're done. I'm done. <laughs> you're You're so done with me. All right. <laughs> we're moving to our next title card, and this one is Vagary which is an unexpected or inexplicable change in a situation or someone's behavior. I'm gonna, and, I, and I wrote all of these down. I'm going to go through every single one of them, <laughs> right. which there was a lot. Randall pisses off another customer, just kind of what he does. He just, it's kind of a constant thing. Uh, then they see this weird customer being with eggs. You know, he's he's a there's this whole discussion about is he you know him being a guidance counselor from this one lady who saw something like this before. It's obviously Walt Flanagan again. Um, but just kind of like an interesting conversation there. 
Then we get another card called Purgation, which is the purification or cleansing of someone or something. And in Roman Catholic doctrine, it's the spiritual cleansing of a soul in purgatory. Hmm. And this is where we get a kid who buys cigarettes because Randall really isn't paying attention. <laughs> it's just kind of off randomly, uh, just kind of like, okay. One thing we obviously know that these clerks don't give any shits about their job. <laughs> That's for sure. One thing I have to call out, uh, Dante says, have you ever noticed all the prices end in nine? Damn, that's eerie. <laughs> if you look right behind his head, the cigarettes, there's a whole wall of cigarettes that say $1.95 a pack. <laughs> it doesn't end in a nine. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> wrong. Just me? Just you. I didn't notice that. Okay. How could you not notice it? Because <laughs> I... so many. Because <laughs> I just didn't notice it. Okay. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Well, I don't know. I want you to be like, yeah, John. Or yeah, Adam, that was that was very, that's an astute That's a, that's uh, a know, good point. call, Adam. I never <laughs> would have noticed that. You're way smarter You're than I am. There you go. Thank you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Jerk face. That, that's <laughs> All right. Then as uh, Randall and Dante are talking about jizz moppers, <laughs> a, a customer is outraged by their dirty language. It's Walt Flanagan again. I just got to call that out. Then they complain just in general about customers. Randall mentions that they never pick good movies. And we cut to this guy who goes, ooh, Navy SEALs. <laughs> ooh, Navy SEALs. Whenever the word or that movie Navy SEALs comes up, I still to this day will use that same inflection. And I will just go out, ooh, Navy SEALs. <laughs> Every time. Have you ever seen Navy SEALs? No, no, it's the it's the uh, the Charlie Sheen. Is it Emilio Estevez? Oh, both of them. One of those. It's Charlie guys. Sheen for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've not seen it either. So no. Well, and it's probably because of this this film. I was, I've had no interest in seeing it because it doesn't <laughs> seem like if Randall doesn't like it, I'm not gonna like it. Yep. Veronica shows up and brings Dante some uh, lasagna for his lunch at work. I'm just like Jesus Christ, I wish my wife would bring me <laughs> lasagna once to work. Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. 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 If your wife brought you lasagna, that'd be incredible. Step to it, honey. That's right. <laughs> wow. Damn straight. She doesn't listen to this podcast, right? <laughs> no, she does not. I can say what I, whatever I want and it'll <laughs> never get back to her because none of her friends listen to it. You know, it's, it's all fine. <laughs> 37. <laughs> I don't know how many dicks she sucked. I don't want to. I'm not going to have a conversation with her. Uh, <laughs> wow. We went there. <laughs> we went there. All right. Sorry. That's just a joke. Love you, honey, if she does happen to listen to this one. <laughs> the next word comes out in the uh, the title, and this one's malaise, which is a general feeling of discomfort, illness, or uneasiness uh, whose exact cause is difficult to identify. I often find myself in a state of malaise. Yeah, I would say so. Especially nowadays. Dante finds out that the person who was supposed to come in today and take him, because he was supposed to be done by noon, uh, apparently is in Vermont. Again, you get the line. I'm not even supposed to be here today. And, you know, Dante, he's got a hockey game that's supposed to happen. Uh, so, but, you know, he, he moves forward with it. He gets them to play on the roof, uh, which is a weird spot to play a hockey game. Why not do that just in the parking lot and cone it out or something? But, you know, a customer who wants the doors to open is all kind of pissed off. And so he comes up. He joins the game and he slap shots the ball away, which falls into a sewer grate. And they only brought one ball. And my thought here is why the fuck would you play on the roof if you only have one ball and you're going to have to go down and get anytime you shoot and miss the net, which happens a lot in hockey. Mm -hmm. 
or you make a bad pass or something like pucks and balls, balls get more lift than pucks. And so it's like anytime you lift that thing anywhere above, you know, to go off the roof, it, it's out of there. Like that was just a ridiculous idea in my opinion. I'm, I, I, I love this movie, but I love hockey more and I will defend intelligent hockey above all else. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know. That just, that just seemed dumb to me, but it is dumb and they're all angry that they have to, uh, they have to stop. So, well, it is New Jersey, home of the uh, devils. Yeah, fuck the devils. I hate the devils. <laughs> I was just trying to goad you into saying that. Yeah, fuck the devils. Philadelphia Flyer fan till I die. Though Dante is wearing a, a Pittsburgh Penguin jersey. I have no idea. <laughs> Only one of them was wearing a Jersey Devil, which actually I liked. I liked Randall. He was wearing the uh, Russian CCCP. Oh, is it from like the 80s Olympics or whatever? Yeah, it's like the Soviet Union. Yeah. Russian jersey, which I think is awesome. Um, but the fuck the, pen- fuck the Penguins. Fuck the, the, the Devils. No one was representing the best team, um, which is the Flyers. And that angered me. And that's why this movie sucks, John. That's why I'm never going to watch it again. Um, all if right, you can we get- see him right now, he has two Flyers jerseys behind <laughs> his head. That's, that I do. All right. Our next title card comes up. And this was a, is Harbinger, which is a person or a thing that announces or signals the approach of another. Then we get uh, this older customer comes in and he wants to use the toilet. You know, he's kind of a creepy old dude and he convinces... Uh, Dante to let him use, you know, the nice toilet paper, convinces him to use the one, the toilet in general, because it wasn't for customers, convinces him to pull out a nudie magazine as well. Just kind of a kind of a weird guy. <laughs> Randall then lets Dante know that Julie Dwyer died. Man, we had not heard of who Julie <laughs> Dwyer was before. But I know, I know. But she's apparently one of the illustrious uh 12 or 13 or whatever it was that how many people he's been with. Um, she had a brain embolism in the uh, YMCA pool, which I think, I think Julie Dwyer becomes one of the running gags. Not, you know, is kind of one of the connective tissues. Like one of the through lines throughout the view of Yeah, I, exactly. I'm pretty sure we hear the name Julie Dwyer or brain embolism in a pool or whatever that is throughout mall rats and maybe chasing Amy as well. Um, so yeah, I think she's a through line. Okay. Uh, the funerals today. Uh, so they sneak out. They go there, and Randall tells us that his cousin. He just gets a weird, a weird story about his cousin who tried sucking his own dick and ended up breaking his neck. <laughs> and um, he made it, but at what a price! <laughs> so, uh, this movie like just screams teenage nineties angst to me. Doesn't it? Oh my god! This is this is high school and college vocabulary vernacular and like just the the way that i thought and the way that i talked at that time yeah absolutely so john did you (laughs) (laughs) no i actually don't think i ever did everyone tries i mean even even dante says no i don't think i don't think i i could never get there (laughs) that's what it says all right so they go in and then just like a quick five minutes later we get an awesome bad religion song, leader, leaders and followers. And apparently they fucked something up. We hear a yell, a big crash, and they're running out. Uh, and then we get our next word, perspicacity, which is the quality of having a ready insight into things, shrewdness. We find out that Randall knocked over the casket, <laughs> just kind of ridiculous and funny. 
Uh, I did notice that it got dark pretty quickly right yeah. here. Yeah, it did. And they explicitly told us this was around four o'clock. Right. And I was like, wow, they really, I guess maybe in New Jersey, it's a hellhole. So, you know, the sun goes down quicker on New Jersey. <laughs> Let's see here. I would, I'm going to say this for as much as we make fun of New Jersey, uh, I have, I do have a lot of friends who live there and I, I have, I do enjoy, I've been there many, many times and I do, and I do love New Jersey, especially central New Jersey. That's most of where I've been is central New Jersey. I've only been maybe a handful of times, two, three, something like that. But the last time I was in New Jersey, it was actually with you. Oh, that's right. John, because uh, we went LARPing. We did this whole big LARP weekend, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, had a real good time. Uh, all right. Randall wants to borrow Dante's car to go get a better, you know, to get a movie from a video store, which is all like, what the fuck? You work at a video store? But he wants to go to Big Choice Video because it's a much better store. <laughs> We get another quick Walt Flanagan sighting, just mentioning that. Randall is one, probably one of the biggest dick spots that he is to a customer here, where he spits water all over this dude. This guy's just making conversation. Yes, it's annoying, but if I was that guy, he did a good job of holding himself back enough. Like, he wanted to fu- punch Randall, but he should have. Yeah. Randall deserves to get beaten the shit out of him, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then we see he kind of heads off to the store and then we get our next title card, which is paradigm, which is a typical example or pattern of something, a model, if you will. So then we meet Rick Darris, who is like this physical trainer customer who comes in, makes fun of Dante for not being in shape. Uh, and this guy says he can bench 354. And I'm like, are you shitting me? Looking at this skinny little punk. Like <laughs> he, he looked like he was fit, but he had this sweatshirt on that was hiding any semblance of knowing what his pectoral muscles look like Mm -hmm. and so i'm like there's no in my opinion i don't think there was any way that that guy could bench 350 or 400 pounds three that's that's three plates on a side and then some three plates on a side uh, side is 315 and then you have to have like basically 225s or you know whatever Mm -hmm. more on top of that i don't think that guy could bench that much looking how skinny he was i don't know i i I like working out. I'm not all that strong myself. I can probably only bench 275 for a one rep max. And I'm not saying my bench is one of my worst things. I'm actually a much better squatter than I am bencher. But I don't know. He just, it just, it just angered me (laughs) because he he was so cocky at his bench. And I was just like, I was just kind of checking out his arms and checking out his pecs. And I'm like, bullshit. (laughs) But that's me. And apparently we also learned that that physical trainer dude, fucked Caitlyn at some point. Caitlyn Bree, who we know was a big cheater on Dante. She cheated with him on everybody, but he was apparently one of them. It's just everything's seeming pretty shitty for Dante right now. He also gets a fine for $500 for selling cigarettes to the to this kid, which we saw earlier, and we know it's Randall. Mm-hmm. I will say I found an inconsistency here, and I doubt it bothered you, but it bothered me. <laughs> because the guy who comes in and gives the ticket to Dante for you know the $500 for selling the kid, the, the cigarettes, he says... You sold a girl cigarettes at 4 p.m. today, but we saw when that scene happened. That scene happened before the hockey game. The hockey game was set for 2 o'clock, and even if, you know, you have to coordinate the extra time to change the locations and stuff like that, the game probably happened around 3 or something, which even Randall says later that game ended around 3 Mm o'clock. And so we know that that girl was sold cigarettes even before 3, and then they all lied about the time. They ruined it. And at four o'clock, they were at the uh, the wedding, or the, not the wedding. They were at the the funeral. Uh, the funeral. So this is bullshit. He could have fought that, John. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't notice that. I got you, Kevin Smith. I fucking got you. 
This is this is not really us talking about your movie. This is a gotcha podcast, <laughs> and I'm calling you out on your bullshit. Don't listen to him, Kevin. We, no, we love you. <laughs> we love you. All right. Uh, then in comes Caitlin. We only hear her that she comes in real quick, and then we're we're kind of cut real quick over to Big Choice Video, where we see that Randall is an absolute heaven. <laughs> Looking at all those movies, this is kind of funny. Um, you know, we kind of are talking with Caitlin, and we get this random Jay and Silent Bob dance scene to a beat that I got to call that one. <laughs> That was such an interesting cutaway. It makes no sense, <laughs> but it really adds a lot of I don't want to say depth, but but you see, you know what? I, I you know, we hadn't we hadn't seen them in a little bit, and so it's just kind of nice to see what are these two ridiculous people doing for this long? Yeah. And they're just oh, they're just having a little dance off basically. It's nice little uh little adds a little texture, a little accent. Yes. That's a good way to put it. So Dante is upset with Caitlin about the whole engagement, which, you know, she kind of explains it's all kind of BS. It's not even really an engagement. Dante, he wants to keep dating her. He mentions, you know, hey, we should get back together, this kind of thing. Um, and he wants to take her out tonight. And I'm like, what a dick move. Yeah. You're with Veronica. Yeah. What the fuck? And, you know, she, Caitlin ends up agreeing to it. Randall returns with hermaphroditic porn. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> Chicks with dicks, man. <laughs> Put mine to shame. <laughs> yeah. Interesting dude. You go to a big choice video and what you get so excited about is, you know, hermaphroditic and then he and he wanted to share that with Dante. How nice of him. What a good friend. Dante then kind of lets him know about Caitlin. We then cut to a na- maybe another one of the best songs. We get a, a version of Berserker is played <laughs> outside with Jane Silent Bob, but it's a much better version. This one was done by uh, Love Amongst Freaks, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, just the cousin singing it a cappella. And our next word pops up, which is whimsy. And that is a playful, quaint, or fanciful behavior or humor. Caitlin comes to the store and talks with Randall. They're waiting for Dante, who is getting changed. You know, she needs to use the bathroom. He warns her that the lights don't work. And he also warns her, I think very genuinely, he warns her. Oh, hey, Caitlin, break his heart again this time and I'll kill you. Nothing personal. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought that was a sweet little thing. You know, as much of a dick as, and, and sarcastic as Randall is, I think that was actual genuine. Concern for his friend? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our next word pops up, which is quandary. It's a state of perplexity or uncertainty over what to do in a difficult situation. And I think we're going to have a difficult situation pop up here, John. (laughs) Dante comes in and Caitlin comes out of the bathroom feeling good. But she's curious why Dante, how he got there so fast. She apparently was in the bathroom fucking somebody that she thought was Dante, who was just still and quiet. And there was no lights on because the lights go off. John, it was that old guy. Yeah. It was that creepy ass old guy who uh, apparently he died on the toilet with a boner from the nudie magazine <laughs> and uh, he just was stiff there. And Caitlin, just without lights on, couldn't tell what was up and uh, thought it was Dante and uh, had her fun. Yeah. Did you ever fuck a dead person? <laughs> <laughs> no. Can't say I have. Yeah. 
Me neither. Okay. <laughs> I think you lingered a little too long on that. I did. I thought it was funnier than it really was. So, all right. The next word is lamentation, which is the passionate expression of grief or sorrow or weeping. And I cannot hear the word or read the word lamentation without thinking of that great Conan the Barbarian line. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of their women. That is good. That's that's all I think about. That's a great line, too. It is. Uh, We then cut to Salsa Shark. I don't know. I always liked Salsa Shark. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Da-da. Salsa Shark. It's dumb, but it's memorable. Yeah. And Dante kind of whines here, just kind of, you know, bitching about why me, why me. And Randall kind of calls him out a little bit, which I like at this point. We're going to get some more of that, which I I really appreciate Dante getting called on his his bullshit. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, our next word is juxtaposition, which is a maybe a favorite word of the Blast From Our Past podcast. We use, we use it quite a bit, but it is uh, the fact of two things being seen or placed close together with contrasting effect. Jay and Silent Bob come in to get some shit before they leave. It's at the end of the day, and they drop some good info on Dante you know, as to how good Veronica is and has been to him. And Silent Bob, being silent this entire movie, he gets... You know, his only lines. You know, there's a million fine-looking women in the world, dude, but they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. Great line. You know, there's obviously more, there's depth that you can unpack um, with that line. And Dante's just realizing that he loves Veronica. Cut to uh, Randall at his video store where he's telling Veronica the whole situation about what happened and Dante still being in love with uh, Caitlin. And she's pissed, so she she confronts Dante who um, she fully calls him out on his assholeness, and which I Dante 100% deserves this. Yeah. Absolutely. Our next word is catharsis, the process of releasing and, theref- and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. Dante and Randall have a fight because, you know, he's pissed that Randall told Veronica um, all this while, like, a hardcore metal song plays, which is pretty fun. And that's definitely cathartic. They're getting that out. Yeah. At the end of it, Dante even says his line again. You know what the real tragedy about all this is? I'm not even supposed to be here today. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, pal. Dante's constantly blaming others, which here Randall really lays into him for just being just being that kind of guy where he's blaming everyone else in the world and he doesn't accept his own lot in life or to, you know, where he is. He got himself there. Yeah. I think that I think that's really nice that he does that. Uh, and then our last word, which is denouement, which is the final part of a play, movie, or narrative in which the strands of the plot are drawn together and matters are explained or resolved. They clean up the place, you know, they kind of patch up and, you know, Dante and Randall are still friends and apparently Dante is going to try and go patch things up with Veronica and I guess maybe try and help Caitlin or whatnot. But but he, I guess he loves Veronica and I hope that that relationship is dead because <laughs> she deserves better. Yeah. That's for sure. And knowing in Clerks 2 that Veronica, I don't I don't remember Veronica showing up, um, but I haven't seen Clerks 2 in a long time, so probably need to check it out. But I think I'm pretty sure that that one is fully gone Cause, because Rosario Dawson becomes the uh, love interest yeah. in that one. So, uh, But anyway, Randall ends the movie with You're Closed, throws like the towel at him, and we end with another great song. It's actually one I really like as well called Can't Even Tell by Soul Asylum. You're closed. You're closed. 
and that's how the credits roll. Now, there is one credit I want to call out. Okay. Are you going to want to call this one out too? I couldn't tell. No, I was going to I was going to state that that was not the original ending. Oh, oh, that's yes, tell no, tell us about this. So, the original ending, I believe they just cut it completely out. Mm-hmm. Um was a robber comes in and kills Dante. Yeah. And so it, the whole thing ends with him being shot. Apparently Miramax didn't like it, but they didn't pressure him to to change it, but he did it anyway on his own. Yeah, I don't think it would have been as successful with Dante dying at the end. Okay. Show your work. <laughs> now, do I wish Dante would die? Yeah, probably. <laughs> he's a jerk. <laughs> I don't know if he's and I don't I know if he's getting shot. No, jerk, but but, but it, it is kind of like the culmination of this terrible day for him. Right. And that would end in just just this worst situation. But I think where Clerks, I think, kind of shines is it's, it's this is a ridiculous day for Dante, but it it's, it's an overall just like a, a hyperbolized normal day mm-hmm. as well, because we see all these these crazy customers and this just annoying, just kind of like the bullshit that he has to go through. And I think if you go to his death at the end. It surpasses, you know, being just the hyperbole of his regular bullshit life that we're getting a glimpse into. We're getting an extraordinary day in his bullshit mundane life where if you do it the other way where you kill him, we're getting the last day of his life. And I think I think seeing just kind of like the bullshit that he goes through Mm -hmm. ties it into the life of clerks. Okay. Like, and I'm just talking about clerks overall. Yeah. And I think it, it it kind of continues with the there's a lot of lightheartedness with this with this movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Which is a lot of and so I think the humor stays better off than becoming a tragedy by the end. So what what, what about you? Do you do you prefer the death ending? Uh, I don't know. I do tend to like those kind of tragedy movies. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it's I, I always like seeing something that's unexpected. So I, I don't hate that they cut it out. I think I could have taken it either way. Okay. What I wanted to call out with, was in the credits, there was a special thanks to Harvey Weinstein that said, for an unforgettable order of potato skins. <laughs> and just a, a special thank you to Harvey Weinstein doesn't uh, doesn't sit as well as it probably used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go into our final thoughts. I don't imagine this is one you showed the family, John. No. Actually, my wife had no interest in watching this either. It was just me. Okay. How about you start us off with your thoughts of Clerks? You know what? It it landed better than I thought it was going to. I was actually kind of expecting that it was not... I wasn't going to enjoy it, that it was going to be slow and really boring. And there were slow moments, but I mean, there are in a lot of movies. Largely... I forgot how much I remembered about this, how many memorable lines, and I think that's what kept me laughing was a lot of these really funny, memorable lines um, that showcased how good Kevin Smith really can be as a writer. Honestly, I really, I really rather enjoyed going back and watching it. I, I also enjoyed the movie. I think it's an interesting take on a crazy day from an otherwise menial job slash lives mm-hmm. that they have. Watching it now, I don't care for Dante and, and I don't know if we're ever really supposed to root for Dante right but I probably liked him better when I was younger now I just think he's a complete asshole and he never takes responsibility for his own lot in life Randall though is funny he is a dick to everyone so I and I wouldn't say I root for either of them yeah honestly I, I root for Veronica more than anyone because she's the most genuine person in the entire movie mm-hmm. this is not a, a movie that I enjoyed sitting down and breaking down yeah all that much I much more enjoyed, same with you, it's there's a lot of just very funny lines that take me back to my early 20s self, and just hearing them, 
Like the the that dialogue is hilarious. The acting is not so good. Yeah, it's it's just some of the deliveries. I'm just like, oh well, I wish you would have one more take, Kevin. You should have gotten one more take on some of those. Yeah, but I mean, considering how much they spent on the movie, largely everyone mm-hmm. in this movie were either friends of Kevin's or people who yeah. I'm sure he got on on the cheap. What he got out of it was pretty good. I wholeheartedly agree, and I am certain I'm going to be rewatching Clerks again, probably in just a few short years or something. Yeah, it's a solid film. All right, now we are going to talk Clerks, the animated series. This uh, came out in 2000. It had one season, six episodes, and those six episodes of the show were produced, only two episodes aired before it was canceled by ABC. Yeah. (laughs) So it did not have a long run uh, or a long original run. This show uh, was actually surprisingly not the first show based on the Clerks franchise. No. There was actually a TV pilot that came out in 1995 uh, that they did. It was a live action show that actually starred Jim Brewer as Randall huh. and somebody else. I can't remember who was uh, Dante, but they, it was going to be like, you know, like a quirky work kind of comedy, buddy comedy TV show. And actually, Carrie Russell was in it as well. Huh. It's kind of funny. This show was developed by Kevin Smith, Scott Mosier and David Mandel, who David Mandel Wrote 29 episodes of Seinfeld. He wrote episodes for Curb Your Enthusiasm, SNL, Veep. He was also an executive producer on most of those shows that I mentioned. So he is a, a, a well-dignified and uh, respected person in the TV community. Yeah. So the cast for the show, most are the same people who were in the movie. Dante is voiced by Brian O'Halloran. Randall is voiced by Jeff Anderson. Jay is voiced by Jason Mewes. Silent Bob voiced by Kevin Smith. The narrator was voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah. The following television show is entirely fictitious. Any similarity to the history of any person living or dead or any actual events is entirely coincidental and unintentional. Except we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits. All celebrity voices are impersonated and no celebrities have endorsed any aspect of this show. Is anybody still watching after all that? Fantastic um, voiceover guy. Tons of amazing work. Most people know him probably from Family Guy or American Dad. I will always have a spot uh, for him as Goro in the Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. But he's done he's done a, a tons of things. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo Leonardo, who is kind of like our big bad in the uh, show, was voiced by Alec Baldwin. Simple folk of Leonardo, I have returned. You should all know who Alec Baldwin is between Beetlejuice, 30 Rocka, all the things. Yep. Initially, they cast Alan Rickman as the voice of Leonardo Leonardo. And so that's why the design for the character looks a lot more like Hans Gruber okay. from Die Hard. And that, that's kind of what uh, prompted that. Rickman didn't actually approve of the design. He kind of, you know, Rickman, he he, he he had to battle getting away from Hans Gruber yeah. for a long time. Yeah. But ABC eventually turned down Rickman because I don't think they could afford him uh, and for the budgetary reasons. So yeah. instead, they recast Alec Baldwin. And this was before Alec Baldwin got onto 30 Rock. Alec Baldwin was kind of on a slump in his career, right. I think, when he, when he had this one. Not to say it's a slump being on Clerks, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but I'm sure they got him on the cheap compared to Alec Baldwin now. Yeah. Uh, and then Charles Barkley voiced Charles Barkley. Oh my God, it's NBA All-Star Charles Barkley. That's right, kids, but you shouldn't hate science. Science is our friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of other voices can be heard in the show. Brian Cranston was on the show for multiple times. Tara Strong, Gilbert Godfrey, Michael McKean. Uh, Dana Gould, Carrie Kenny, Phil Lamar, James Woods, Gwyneth Paltrow, Al Franken, Kat Succi, 
And one other name, John. Was it? Was it him? It was Frank Welker. Yeah, buddy. Also, was he was on an episode. He found his way onto a six-episode show. <laughs> and like, damn, he was in everything. He's got, he's got to pad them credits, man. Got to pad he them does. credits. <laughs> so um, ABC really didn't help the airing of the show. It actually aired it. So it only aired the two episodes, as I mentioned, but it aired them out of order. It played the fourth episode first, which the fourth episode is when they have the Judge Reinhold and the uh, the basketball jury. Okay. That kind of stuff. And they aired that one first, and then they aired the second episode. But the problem with the second episode is it's a parody on clip shows. And so mm. specifically, it's referencing a lot of stuff from episode one. And it's, you know, yeah. that's part of the humor. And so if people didn't see episode one and they saw something completely different, that just completely would be confusing and takes away from from their attempt at that humor style. I watched all six of these episodes. What about you? So this is kind of the embarrassing part. I actually own the DVD with all six episodes on it. That's not embarrassing. I own the DVD with all six as well. I couldn't find it. Oh, shit. I couldn't find it. (laughs) So I went online and I was only able to find the first two episodes. Maybe I stole your DVDs then. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you do have my DVD. That could, could be it. So I was only able to watch so. the first two episodes, but I did watch the actual first one because the second one made mm-hmm. sense because they referenced yeah. that one. So okay. I did watch so, yeah, it in the correct it. order, but I was unfortunately I was only able to find... I was My plan was, uh, I was like, six episodes, I can watch this whole thing. Yeah. So my plan was to do that, but I only made it through the first two. Okay. I didn't watch the show when it came out on ABC. Right. Obviously, no one did, or very very few people did, because there's only two episodes. In college, you know, when I get in high school, I kind of gained my appreciation for Kevin Smith, and probably in college uh, is when I was starting to buy DVDs quite a bit for myself. Is I think when I bought this pack, I either bought it or I stole it from you. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's kind of why I came about with them. I enjoy the animation style actually quite a bit. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, it's got some really like thick lines, very stylized, but I think it fits really well like in today's mentality of adult cartoons. Yeah. I like it, yeah. I think this show this seems like a show that should have been on Fox, not ABC. I thought I wrote down the same thing. I thought it should have been Fox or Adult Swim. Yeah. Like the fact that they went to ABC is just kind of weird that ABC picked it up. Do you think it had something to do with I mean, does ABC own did ABC own Miramax at the time? And Miramax had the oh, rights to Clerks. Maybe. Is that make? That I can. Be. That's the only reason I can see. Yeah. Think of why they would have gone to ABC because ABC is all yeah. about the like family programming. Yeah. My only thought was, I mean, that co- totally could be it. Besides that, my only idea on it is maybe ABC was trying to get some of like that Family Guy money. Oh yeah. You know, because because at this time in 2000, Family Guy was was running on pretty, you know, was early but still running pretty well. And so was Futurama. And so yeah, and so yeah, so they were probably like, wow, adult cartoons are a thing. Let's give this a shot. And then they realized, yeah, that's not our our demo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the actual design, so the the style was done by Steven Silver. Was uh, he he was the uh, help with the character design, and he's known for doing des- character design on Kim Possible mm. and Danny Phantom. So I think it's I mean good you know good cartoons there, good styles there that really kind of hold the test of time. So yeah, yeah no, I, I I thought if you put these on today with that same exact style, it would one hundred percent be fitting. Yeah, because I I look at something like a, like a Rick and Morty. That animation isn't anything special. It's kind of wonky even. And that's, you know, I think this stuff fits just as fine. Yeah. Uh, The theme song is very, it's a quick little thing. Yeah. 
it's just it's very fast i mean i think that fits it fits with the style of the show it's nothing stand out but it's just kind of there i enjoyed the humor i thought this show was was pretty damn solid still it's really yeah much suited for uh, yeah I, I put down much suited for fox or adult swim i don't see how abc could get it and why they would like it and so i, I understand them canceling it it's rife with parody and pop culture references, which is all the kind of stuff I like in a uh, adult humor mm-hmm. show or car- cartoon. There were some poor humor jokes, which are, you know, but we're in a different, this is 20 years later. Um, there was a, a rape joke that didn't land yeah. as well as I thought. There was also a joke later on that was a kind of a joke on the Challenger exploding. And I'm not sure if there's ever a time that the Challenger <laughs> should become a, a joke, right. you know? Um, Actually, that reminds me of a joke. Okay. <laughs> Tell it, John. I remember, I remember this because I was in elementary school. So someone told me this, and I must have been like, so Challenger exploded in what, 86? Yeah, I think it was 86. 86. So I would have started kindergarten around that time, close to it. And I remember someone, and I don't remember when or what year. I just remember I was in elementary school, so it could have been close to then. I remember a friend, somebody mentioned the Challenger, and I had a friend go, oh, my dad told me, do you know what NASA stands for? Needs another seven astronauts. Oh. <laughs> Which I yeah. didn't get at all. I laughed at the joke, but I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't think I was cognizant of uh, what had happened with the, uh, yeah. With the Challenger. Yeah, of course. But there, I tied in a, ta- a horrible yeah, NASA Challenger joke. And I can't talk all that much because I love dark humor <laughs> comedy. It's just so, you know what? It may not have landed all that much with me, but I appreciate dark humor. So, But also, there's plenty of just dumb on the surface humor mm-hmm. with this with this cartoon as well that I think it made it work as a cartoon. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of just flying through with this little bit. Uh, I don't really have anything else like... I mean, there was only six episodes. There's only so much we can talk about. <laughs> there's only six episodes, yeah. So... I enjoyed the show. It's not amazing. And I I probably, I should have spaced out watching the six episodes. I watched them all binged back to back to back. And so honestly, by like episode four, I was kind of playing with my phone uh-huh. a little bit more than I, I should have. I should have spaced them out. I really did enjoy the first three pretty damn well. And I, I didn't dislike the other ones. I, I, I get, it got a little slow at some point, but that was probably just from binging. I think this show was solid. I, I think it was funny. I enjoyed the pop culture humor. I enjoyed a lot of this, the just the humor in general with it. You know, it's not a it's not a perfect, it's not a great show. It's not gonna it's not as good as a family guy or yeah. a Bob's burgers to me or a Simpsons or a South Park, but it is a solid adult cartoon and it deserved more than six episodes. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I actually really did find myself enjoying it. I found most of the like you, most of the jokes were landing. Um, I did enjoy the style. I enjoyed the general pacing of it. I think it's one that would be nice to see again um, w- yeah. with the with the right writing staff. Maybe put on Adult Swim or something like that. Would yeah, or go straight to Hulu or go straight yeah, to Netflix exactly. or whatever. Would uh, and then so then you can say fuck. Then you can say you know you can right. say the shit you need to say. Yeah, because I mean no kid is going to be like ooh clerks. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Navy SEALs. Yeah. Clerks. <laughs> I don't think I don't think even then it would have been the same thing. So, you know, it's it's gonna be strictly for adults, but I actually rather enjoyed it. And I would like to see it in the same animation style. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want that to be changed or updated, me personally, but I think I think this is a show that deserves another shot. I'm with you. Let's call out. Come on. All right, Kevin Smith, I know you're listening. Um it's time for you to bring back clerks. And you know what? We'll watch. Yep. 
and hopefully not lose the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... Get off! Man, we were just reading comics! But you weren't buying comics. This ain't a library, Captain Foodstay. If you stay the hell out or I call the cops. Tell them, Steve, Dave. Pair of scruffy-looking nerf herders. Fascists? Man, I hate those guys, don't you? And on top of that, they run a... You run a crappy comic book store! Laser brain. You told him again, Steve Dave. Jerks. One day, Lunchbox, one day we're gonna have our own comic book store. Yeah. It's just gonna be just like. Just like. Shangri La. And you know what we're gonna call it, don't you? Jay and Sound Bob's Secret Stash. And we'll have millions and millions of like. Comics, but the best one will be about us and our daring exploits against comic store dork fascism. And we'll throw in an advice column with tips for picking up the honeys. And because of that, all the ladies will be up in our grill. And we'll carry our own line of fashion wear. T-shirts, jerseys, jockstraps, and of course action figures with the kung fu grip that look just like you know who. And we'll hire those two reach-arounders to work for us, and we'll make them do stuff to each other all against their will. And we'll sell tickets to the thing like it's a steel cage match. And the crowds will have a front row seats to witness what happens when the foolhardy cross us. We'll call us Captain Food Stamp. But most importantly, we'll have a TV in the joint that'll play MTV round the clock, non-stop. And when we place that brown-eyed news guy as the key MTV journalist of record, he'll bring you the breaking stories and spank material every hour on the hour. And people will jam into the store, and they'll love us, and we'll stay open 24 hours, and we'll have a bed in the back, and a fireman's pole, and the town will lower the age of consent for us, and Alanis Morrison will move in with us, and the Beastie Boys will rewrite High Plains Drifter and put me in it. And if we start right now, we can make that dream a reality. The future's unwritten, man. We can shape our own destiny to reflect our dreams and aspirations. We can do it, Silent Bob! Together, we can rise above mediocrity and become testimonies to the power of affirmative action! Pipe down or I'm calling the cops. Hey, he'll have your asses busted. Wanna watch a porno? All right, and now we're going to do the casting portion of the show. Uh, as, as this is an All Clerks episode, we are going to be recasting our own versions of a modern Clerks movie. A reboot, if you will. So uh, we're just going to keep it to uh, just kind of some of the main, main characters, uh, Dante, Randall, Veronica, Caitlin, and Jay and Silent Bob, which we've technically already recast, but I didn't, yeah. I, I found new people. I, I changed it up from yep. what I did last time. Completely changed it up as well. Yeah. So those are just kind of like the main ones that really kind of appear throughout the movie. There's obviously other characters that come in and out, but those are the ones we really needed to know. So, oh. Do we want to start with Jay and Silent Bob or end with Jay and Silent Bob? Um, Let's end with Jay uh, and Silent Bob. Okay. You know what? Whatever you want. For the normally we go backwards, but I'm gonna we're just gonna go straight down the list that okay. I mentioned. So we'll start okay. with our main guy, uh, Dante. Adam, why don't you start us off? I wanted an actor who could really kind of I don't know lean into the melodrama that is Dante. You know, at first I w- I was dreading this casting mm-hmm. because I was just like, uh, you know, what am I gonna do here? I I, I can't 
I can't cast like A-listers. Right. This is an independent movie. Right. But I still, you know what? I realized I wanted to kind of really cast. There's a lot of really strong actors in that early 20s, you know, in that 20s to 30 range. Yeah. You know, in their 20s right now that I don't have a whole bunch of other places to cast them. So I was really excited. You know, once I kind of started seeing lists of like, oh, wow, I really like these people. I want to see them and stuff. And so they'll fit really well. And, you know, because this is I want college age people or people who can look yeah. college other than Jay and Silent Bob, who I want slightly older, but not much. Actually, they're both, I think, in their late 20s, maybe they're 30, um, which I think both being kind of like the burnouts that Jay and Silent Bob are, you can they can be a little bit older. Mm-hmm. All of the all the other ones I put right in that college age range. So for Dante, I wanted an actor who, I, like I said, I think he could bring the not quite gravitas with Dante, but at least like the melodrama. And this guy has been in some really strong dramas recently with Manchester by the Sea, Three Billboards, and uh, Lady Bird. He's a really strong actor, and I think he's only going to get better and better. His name is Lucas Hedges. He's my Dante. That name sounds familiar. He doesn't look. Like Dante, but you know I don't need another. No, no, no. I, I don't think anyone needs needs to look like anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but, uh, but he has got all the acting chops. Okay. I mean, I'm just looking at his uh, just looking at his credits. Yeah. I mean, he's been in a lot of big movies that I've seen. Yeah. Hell, he's been nominated for an Oscar. Or not that I've seen that I've heard of. I shouldn't say I've seen. Yeah. I haven't seen most of these. Say so he's been nominated for an Oscar. He's that good. Okay. So. Well, yeah. Then yeah, I have nothing to argue about. I I largely figured this. Is, some of these are going to be a lot of the same. Where we're we're not going to have too mm-hmm. much to say. Um, I am not as big. I, I'm not as up on my indie movies as I probably should be. Um, okay. There's a lot of lot of good movies that have come out that I've not seen. Um, I went with a kid who, and I did. I tended to try to to skew to my early to mid twenties for most of these guys. Okay. Um, yeah. Similar. You know, I think in in a maybe in a perfect world, you went with a bunch of un- unknowns. Mm-hmm. But in in our case, this is not what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went with this kid who's been in some some good. So he's been in Paper Towns, who I heard good things about. I never saw it though. Yeah, I have too. I heard the, I heard good things. As well. Um, but. I kind of he you know Dante's kind of a little bit of a whiner mm-hmm. and for some reason this this kid's performance in this movie made me think of it. I don't think you've seen this movie, so I, I don't I'm not sure you're going to be able to relate. But he played basically the lead in uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu um, as the as the kid as the the son of the missing guy. Did you see the movie at all? I didn't. I okay. had no interest. In I it. didn't think you would. I, I I like Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. But that movie just the trailer looked so bad to me. It was okay. It was funny. I mean, it was a kids movie. We took our kids to see because they wanted to see it. So, okay. Uh, and his name is Justice Smith. Okay. Oh, you know what? I looked at him for another role, actually, in this casting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. He he was someone I looked at for. Yeah, exactly for a different role. I I never saw Detective Pikachu, but it was uh, uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom where I have yeah. seen him in. Okay. So yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I I. Didn't end up using him at all, but I I'm all for it. Okay, cool. All right, I think we I think we had both pretty solid choices for that one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Randall. This one was probably my hardest, one of my hardest ones to cast. Uh, yeah. Just yeah, I agree. Because of his attitude. So I'm gonna jump in with this one. Um, I went with someone who I I think I've cast him in something before, but. His character on one particular TV show, which I've only seen like bits and pieces of, kind of reminded me of that assholeish person that Randall is. 
So mm-hmm. I went that way. But admittedly, I've only ever seen one episode one episode of this TV show. So I maybe I'm maybe I'm off on this casting. But he's a he's a strong actor, so I think he could do it either way. Um, but it was from his performance of Billy in Stranger Things. I went with uh, Dacker Montgomery for Randall. Oh, I, I totally think he could do it. I mean, I like him a lot. I, I've been high on him since Stranger Things too. Okay, or th- Stranger Things season three. Yeah, he, I think, and he's he's got kind of actually a similar look to the Randall anyway. Okay, uh, I think I totally think he could play that Dick character <laughs> really well. That's I think it's a solid ass cast. Okay, cool. All right. So the guy that I went with, um, really the only thing I've seen him in, uh, I saw the first movie of Grown Ups. Um, it was an okay, you know, that Adam Sandler mm-hmm. and his buddies. He played one of the kids. Um, he was also in, in Grown Ups too. Uh, so he's done some kind of comedy stuff. But I remember, but I saw also on his um, credits list, uh, he voices uh, Miles Morales on a TV show that's Spider Man, and I was also on the uh, you know that the PlayStation game that was uh miles morales and i'm like you know what you've done some comedy stuff you've done some voice acting stuff with a spider-man if you can play a spider-man that means you have a lot of sarcasm and wit (laughs) to you you can definitely do it but i i I, so i that's ultimately why i went with him and his name is naji jeter he's apparently in a movie called dance camp (laughs) did you watch dance camp john no i did not watch dance Ooh, dance camp uh i don't know about that one but just from his other credits i was like Yeah. yeah i bet you you could be a random okay. Uh, I've I've no basis for comparison on him, so I'm just okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with your gut on that one. Okay, it's a pretty big gut, John. <laughs> <laughs> Not as big as mine. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to Veronica. I think I picked I think I picked one a pretty good one for this one. This I I I, I looked around for a little bit and then I saw this movie poster card online. I was like, oh wait. I remember this girl from this movie, and I just recently watched it, so it was really kind of fresh in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really liked her in this, and I think she'd make a good Veronica. Um, and it was her performance in Knives Out. I went with Catherine Langford. Oh, yeah. I I think I used her for my um, – she was my uh, Kate Bishop, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah she, yeah, she was my Kate Bishop. Yeah, I like her quite a bit as an actress. Uh, at least from Knives Out. I, I mean, I really was a fan of Knives Out, and uh, I never saw Love Simon, but I heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get a crappy call from me on this one. Okay, I'll I'll take so, it. Solid. Yeah, I'll take it. I went with. I, I'm really happy about my Veronica as well. I went with an actress who she worked uh, alongside, well, kind of alongside Dacre Montgomery on Stranger Things three. I think we've both used her before, uh, just once, but I think she you know definitely gives a good. Good Veronica vibes. I think she can be like, kind of like that wholesome, smart person. Uh, I went with Maya Hawk, the daughter of Ethan. Oh Hawk. yeah, I, I went with her for something. I can't remember what it was. Um, we we actually both went with her on the same casting, but it was for different roles. Oh yeah. Uh, oh god, she was in Little Women. Mm-hmm. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's she's racking up some stuff there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't. You won't hear an argument from me. Oh, that was Little cool. Women, the miniseries, not the movie. Mm-hmm. It was the TV miniseries from 2017. Oh, well. Okay. I mean, either, either way. Wow, and that was her first thing, mm-hmm. too. She's only been acting since 2017. Yeah, she, I mean, she's not all that old. No, but, I mean, I mean she's she's, uh, she's getting some big stuff, so obviously she's impressing yeah. the right people. Yep. Yeah. So. And it doesn't hurt being the daughter of Ethan Hawke. No. Cool. I like that. Uh, all right. Uh, Caitlin, who did you go for for Caitlin? So, yeah, I needed... I kind of kept in a... You know, I wanted someone who would be 
I mean, as weird as it sounds, a little bit more attractive than Veronica because Caitlyn was kind of like, I don't know, she had that seductive quality to her, at least like that she needed to have because, I don't know, she was also slutty. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And I went with a super slutty actress. No, she's not slutty at all. I'm kidding. She's a, she's a she's an actress that I've wanted to see more of since I saw this movie, um, which is a Wes Anderson movie that I, I think get, doesn't get enough play out there in the world. It's a Wes Anderson that I really really dug when it came out, and I thought it was very interesting. Had a lot of humor. It was just kind of interesting play on I don't know, kind of growing up to an extent. But not not people call this out as Wes Anderson's favorites, but it's one of mine. And it's Moonrise Kingdom. And she played the main female lead kid in that one. Her name is Kara Hayward. And I think I've just wanted to see more. I want to see more of that cast in general. And so that's why I picked her for my Caitlin. Okay. Um, I know nothing of her. I am not a big Wes Anderson fan. I, Uh, I really have not enjoyed anything that he's really put out. Ooh. That's interesting. Now, I do think I'm not a big Steve Zissou fan. People will shit on me for that. But pe- like people, when when people say, "Oh, what's your favorite?" Like I feel like half of them say Royal Tannenbaums, half of them say Steve Zissou. I Life Aquatic is just I did not find it enjoyable. I liked Royal Tannenbaums, but I wouldn't say that's my favorite either. My favorite might be Grand Budapest or it might be Moonrise Kingdom. For all I know. Okay. All right. Uh, I really have n- I have I have nothing to go on, so I'm just gonna have to trust you on that okay um just as just like i'm pretty sure it's going to be this the same but opposite for the one i chose the one i chose for uh caitlin um i chose because she's got a little bit more attitude um got that tude yep she's got that tude and it's from uh she was on one of my favorite shows that unfortunately just uh ended its its run um this year earlier this year its final season if you like adult humor mixed with Harry Potter and hmm. foul language. Uh, check out the magicians. As it's oh. really funny, uh, really really funny. And I went with the actress named Summer Bishill. I might have used her before on something I can't remember, Maybe. but she's uh, she's it, got. Is it a British show? No, it's it's an American show. Uh, hmm. She has all the attitude. It actually aired on Sci-Fi. Oh wow! Okay. She has. She had all the attitude. Yeah, the, I don't know it at all. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go. She's she's stunning. The last time I checked, the first few ep- uh, the first few seasons of Magicians might have been on Netflix. It's totally worth seeing. I think it's great. Okay. I see. Yeah, I see some actors in there that I find humorous. I'll have to I'll have to check it out. John. Yes, I I definitely think you should. It gets a little wonky around like season three or four, but I think there's only like five seasons. Yeah, there's only five seasons, so okay, it's still enjoyable all the way through. Cool. Jay and Silent Bob. We'll 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 do these separately. Um, I had a hard time with this one. Yeah. Um, especially you, fir- you first your first Jay back in our, I think it was episode twenty nine something like that, uh, where we did duels. You said uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah, and Jay. I believe I actually said that in his in his youth, like at the beginning of his career, Chris Tucker would have been a great oh, J. Yes. Like right, right, yes. like right around the time of Friday and some of those early yeah. ones. I think he would have been a great J. Yeah, um, I agree. So I'm not entirely, I hate to say it, but I'm not entirely enthused, enthused about, my, about my pick because I, I, I told Adam this before we started recording. I completely forgot to do this uh, casting until like <laughs> 1 o'clock this morning, and so I was doing it all really, really fast. And so I was like, okay, Jay. Jay is loud and annoying. 
who do I find loud and annoying? And so I went with this actor who I, a lot of people think he's funny and I just don't see it, which is weird for me to cast him in something. But you know, maybe he can work with this. I went with Pete Davidson. Oh, no, I, he is annoying. And it particularly became annoying with the whole, how does this douche get Ariana Grande? Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but then I think she dumped him at some point. Yeah, I, I have the only stuff I really know him from is SNL. And I don't find really his stuff at all any good yeah. in SNL. He's pretty weak. My only my only concession is that he probably wouldn't be he wouldn't be writing this. So yeah, yeah, he definitely I he, I could get stoner vibes from him. I get annoying vibes from him. That's that's probably a pretty damn good call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, that's solid. All right, who did you go with? Just so everybody knows, we're recording this over um, the Fourth of July weekend, and what happened over Fourth of July weekend? Hamilton came out on Disney Plus. <laughs> yes, so I'm pretty hot. I'm pretty high on Hamilton right now. And I saw this guy on there, and I just kind of was scrolling through, like you know, actors in this age range. He popped up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I liked you in that." Now you weren't. He wasn't annoying in mm-hmm. it, you know. But I do think you know he could do anything I needed. But this guy has been in A Star Is Born, the the Lady Gaga, Brad. What's his Brad? Not Brad Paisley. <laughs> Rocket, Rocket Raccoon, Uh-oh. Brad, whatever his name is. Uh, the, in that movie, he was in Godzilla, the King of the Monsters, and he was in Hamilton. He played two different characters on there. His name is Anthony Ramos, and I just I think he's got the look, and I think he could totally pull out the acting that I need for my um, for my J. Yeah, yeah, I I'm totally with that. S- specifically, I was kind of like, when I was looking through his credits, uh, there was one picture. I'm trying to f- I don't know if I can find it. But there was one that he looked kind of, kind of like a stoner ish kind of guy that I was like, oh yeah, you can, to- you're totally <laughs> perfect for my, for my Jay. So, but I, I can't. Remember so I gotta was. ask. I started. I watched much like I think you and I watched around the same time. I, I watched it the morning it came out. Me too. We, I, we yeah. woke up that morning and watched it. I was actually ready to not like it. It had been so hyped that I was like, yeah. this is not going to be as good. Um, they're going to over because I had listened to a few of the early songs in the soundtrack and admittedly mm-hmm. like the first 15, 20 minutes I was not overly impressed with, with the songs mm-hmm. or anything. And then it got good. It got really yeah. good. I, I ended up loving it. I really dug it too. Like I ha- I maybe listened to one or two songs just out of context on Spotify yeah. and I was like, eh, whatever, this is okay. But I never saw it. I never saw it live or any of that kind of stuff. And this is my first real experience with it. And I was really impressed. Yeah. Very. And I, I totally understand the hype and I'm with you. So glad that, oh my God, people would not shut up about <laughs> it. And it got almost annoying. Yeah. And I'm like, really? You're going to spend that much money to go watch this? That's a bit crazy. But watching it live, I'm like, you know what? I'm really glad that the hype didn't ruin it. Hamilton is solid. Yeah, I agree. Okay, are we on Silent Bob? We're on Silent Bob. All right, why don't you give us your Silent Bob? So I forgot to mention my first casting of Jay back in the day was Danny Putty. And eh, I'm not sure I love that mm-hmm. that casting anymore. I think I prefer my Anthony Ramos much better for, for Jay yeah, than Danny Putty. I think so too. And then I picked uh, Donald Glover for my Silent Bob, which Donald Glover, he's... He's too good for a silent Bob. <laughs> you know, I need him to talk yeah. way more than just once in a movie. Yeah. Um, and you went with Ron Funches. So you went with a, a different kind of like a stand-up comedian. I think he yeah. is uh, what Ron Funches is. I had trouble with my silent Bob and I'm, I'm still not even sold on my silent Bob. It's okay. I'm not either. Yeah. He is, uh, I don't know. Uh, this is a guy I haven't seen in a while. Well, I'm trying to debate if I want to go with my other, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I, I just, I don't. 
I don't know who I like. You know what? No, this guy's this guy's a little older. You know what? No, fuck it. I'm going to go with this guy because you know what? He just has. A, I'm not going with my original dude. I'm going to go with this other guy. Okay. He's a little bit older, but like I think Silent Bob can totally look older. Yeah. It's not a big deal. This guy, I liked him in Itania is where I've seen him most in. He was also in Black Klansman, but I haven't seen that. Uh, he's been in quite a bit of stuff. He's been acting. That's since 2005. He was born in 1986, so that's a little bit older. My Jay was born in 91, um, and all the other ones were born in like the mid to later 90s. Mm-hmm. But like I said, my Jay and Silent Bob can be a little older. This guy, he's got like the look, and I think he seems he's got like the comedy chops, at least from from the stuff that I've seen him in. At least from yeah, from what Itania, I think he can be a funny guy. Not to say that that was a super comedy <laughs> movie, but right. there was comedic elements to Itania. Anyway, this guy's name is Paul Walter Hauser. And he's just kind of like a, a larger bearded dude. Uh-huh. And I think that's, I just kind of kept on with, with a larger, <laughs> larger, bearded dude. larger bearded dude. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he played Richard Jewell in the Richard Jewell movie. Yeah. Which, I mean, it has like Clint Eastwood in it. And, and it's just, you know, it looks like he, uh, he's going to be in the uh, Cruella movie with Emma Stone. It looks like as well. Okay. But like, I remember him best from I, Tonya, which actually he had a look kind of similar to oh yeah sam rockwell's in richard and so is freaking kathy bates like if you all right if you're acting opposite of clint eastwood kathy bates and sam rockwell you're gonna be just yeah. fine <laughs> yeah so yeah all right i'm happy all right oh and yeah go, go ahead another he's in a movie with emma uh with uh emma thompson as well so yeah this guy he can probably act his way out of a paper bag which is all you need yeah. and he only has to do it once per movie (laughs) you know so i'm happy with that so my casting is a little bit different okay so what i actually did was i did look for an actor but i looked for an actor who i think deserves a chance at writing and directing oh interesting and they would be my writer and director now this is not somebody who's been a prolific writer or director this is somebody who's not really done either of these things oh (laughs) okay then maybe not as much of an interesting take but i think someone who would have an interesting take on it and it's a she. Okay. I would still call it Silent Bob, though, because I think that would be funny. Yeah. Uh, I've actually started... I didn't... It was weird. Like, when I first sort of saw this girl, I didn't think I was going to like her, but she's kind of grown on me. And she has a TV series that's... Uh, it's either out now or it's about to come out that I think is based on her life. Um, and she's the head writer on it. So she's gotten some writing experience... I'm not sure if you're going to like who I picked or not, but I, I think uh, I think she would have a, a given her a good chance to direct and write something like this would work. I went with Aquafina. The isn't she a singer? That yeah, she is a singer. That's why she was called but she's been doing a lot of acting. Uh, she was in oh, Ocean's 8. I yeah, see she that. was in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. She was in the second Jumanji movie. Um, she did a voice uh, in Dark Crystal. But she actually did really good. I mean, she's been, she's got, she's got, she's been in quite a few things. She's got quite a bit of credits. I've not seen her in anything. Um, I haven't seen the Dark Crystal stuff. I haven't seen Ocean's 8. I haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians. I haven't seen the second Jumanji movie. I'm going to have to trust you. Okay. I'm going to just have to but trust you, John. Based on looks. Well, the, the first, the first uh, credit she has on IMDb is a song called My Vag. <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> That's, I mean, that, that seems, seems like, like it fits well fitting. with this yeah. show. <laughs> it kind of does. Yeah. I'm saying, I mean, if you if you're going for a a one to one, I think yours has has probably a, is the better call. Yeah. Definitely more, I guess, prestigious acting cred. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I think I think if you gave her a chance to get behind the camera on this one, I think she'd surprise some people. Okay. All right. All right. I have no idea, but I'm okay. We're allowing it. All right. We'll okay. allow it. Uh, 
uh, before we sign off, I just want to just remind everybody, you know, if you guys like Kevin Smith, even if you don't like Kevin Smith movies, check out all the other episodes coming out this week on the BFOP Network. Again, we've got Mallrats coming out by Podcasting After Dark. We've got Dogma coming out by Why This Film. And we have got Chasing Amy coming out on ongoing comic book discussion. So make sure you check all these out. And um, I don't know, I just think it's a fun little thing that we're doing is, you know, if you're, uh, you know, we're just kind of tying, tying all of our you know, stuff in for this week together from the network, which is really yeah. cool. All right. And that was our recasting of a clerk's movie. Please join us next time for another album review episode. John and I go north of the border as we review the live album spectacle by bare naked ladies. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.